drink coffee at all? No. I had one sip of a mocha once in 2007 and I've refused ever since. But it tastes so good. It, it smells doesn't. good. It, it doesn't. Just, just... Like, the experience is good. The routine is good. You have a relationship with your barista. So do you drink tea? No. I'm not, so what, I don't like wait, warm beverages. I don't drink, get to deal with warm Coca-Cola. beverages. You drink Coca-Cola. You drink Coca-Cola. Red Bull. No, no. So you're caffeineless all the yeah. time. That explains so much, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see anyway. you now. You're... <laughs> what are we even talking about today? I think we need to do an episode on how to watch a race, like watching a race 101. Yeah. Um, yep. That's fair. Yeah, I so can't believe the, we're six, I mean, we've got... seven, six episodes in, seven episodes, and we haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> we really made a <laughs> yeah, work for it. What have we been it. doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that sounds like a good idea. I think we can go through a bit of 101 for watching a race. But I've been watching racing my whole life, so I don't really know what makes sense what doesn't make sense all that kind of thing so i'm gonna you're gonna have to hold my hand through this discussion the first thing that really still puzzles me Mm. is track limits oh why can't they just stick to the road or the white line um i'm really confused yeah why do they even have such a thing as track limits it mm. changes every race Mm. it changes every session Mm. this is not a this is really not a good start you've got us straight into the heavy stuff and it's the stuff that i don't even have really an answer for to be honest i don't think there's a lot of people that have an answer for track limits but the basic the fundamentals of track limits are we've got white lines on either side of the track i think most of the time they're white and they denote the the edges of the the field of play i guess you could say um you know in tennis you have the lines that that denote the court um in soccer and football and things you've also got that so in in formula one we have lines on either side of the track. A few moments later. Or the curbs on the side of the track. And we say, you know what? That's that's the edge of the track. And so as long as you're touching that, then you're in the field of play. And then sometimes we say, in the past, we've said, you know what? Don't even worry about those. There's some green strips on the... 2,000 years later. Well, anyway, I'm sorry I asked about track limits. <laughs> um, you basically gave this long-winded, like, technical answer that people are just going to be <laughs> well, uh, falling asleep. I know, we'll, so we'll cut it down. Without any clear answer in the end. Exactly. Yeah. Really, at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, the drivers are meant to stay within these white lines, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, sometimes they get penalised, sometimes they don't. It's really a bit of a lottery, and we're all just trying to figure out what's going on. That's all you needed to say. <laughs> That's all you needed to say. Yeah, this is a quick yeah. episode. Okay. This is, is a it? Uh, what I want. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think <laughs> we've got this to a good start. I can't believe, I know, I can't believe a simple question like that. You managed to extrapolate <laughs> it for like five minutes. All right, so let's Beautiful. just ignore that I even asked that previous question. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on to, okay, so what's the deal with all of these primary color mainly um flags so Ah, these like green flags red flags the flags i don't know what's happening yeah well these days they they have so much power one flag (laughs) goes up and everyone just stands still like everyone listens yeah so the flags do have a lot of control they're they're how 
one of the main ways that race control communicates with the drivers. And and these days, I don't think we even really use too many flags. They've got the light panels on the side of the racetrack. I think the flag that you probably hear about most often is the yellow flag. And all that means is that there's a hazard on the track. And essentially, they've got to be prepared to take evasive action or, and slow down, that sort of thing. There are two types of yellow flags, the single waved yellow, which means it's not a huge incident. Um, we call it a local yellow as well. It just means, look, around this corner, you're about to come up on something like maybe someone's had a spin, maybe there's something on the track, um, nothing too serious. Then you've got your double waved yellows, and that's usually something way more serious. Um, you've, you've, I think you've got to be ready to stop even, um, but you definitely got to slow down. Uh, right. And generally a double... Are there speed limits? There's when you well, yes and no, yes and no. no. So, um, that's deltas, oh, that's okay. right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, that's it's it. So, all right, they, they basically have to slow down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and well, the double wave yellow usually means there's a safety car as well. So, there'll be the SC sign that comes up on the LED panels, um, which means a safety car has been deployed. And, um, we can talk a bit about that in a moment, I guess. Um, but those that's your main all thing right, your so yellow flags, your green flag means, flags, yep. means you're back to racing conditions. So, if there's a yellow flag, um, and you pass that hazard, whatever it is, the next flag point or the next LED panel will be green to let you know, okay, everything's back green. to normal, right. go racing Goes again. Green flag, track clear. That's yeah. right. Okay. Um, then you've got your blue flag. Uh, blue flag means uh, you're a slow driver and you're about to get overlapped by someone. Oh, mm. God. It's not a nice thing and to see. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know. I mean, I'll, like especially if it's your teammate lapping you in the same machinery <laughs> and then you've got the blue flag yeah. and then you have to let them pass. You know like, you're having that, a bad day. Work. Yep, yep. Yes, um, yep. And I think the drivers are able to pass three blue flags, so three blue LED panels uh, before they have to let the leader through. Oh, really? Okay, okay. And then they get penalised? Yeah, they'll get like a warning or a penalty, that sort of thing, if they don't get out of the way quick enough. Then you've got the red flag, right? I mean, at that point, do, do, do penalties even matter? They're so hard. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. like, just just hold everyone up and make it, you know, <laughs> make it exciting. Be that really <laughs> annoying guy when everyone's playing PlayStation who goes, like, yes. backwards on the racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, don't tell me you haven't done that. I have not. I have not. I don't think anyway. Um, but look, if there was someone doing something that ridiculous or outrageous, or if there was an incident that was like really, really serious, uh, that's when we'll see the red flag. Um, now, I've seen like there's red flags. That's, that- my, that's my favorite flag. I mean, no, that sounds really bad. <laughs> it um, is really bad. That is, that is the critical no critical flag i mean if you ask me yellow flags have have the ability or like double wave yellows and safety cars really can um have a huge impact on races uh red flags i think you're desensitized to them because you ever since you started following formula one or like more in more recent days they're more common um and i think that's just because the race directors are a bit more sort of uh, happy to to wave a red flag um for the sake of safety so it's not that the drivers are just way more dangerous no, no. aggressive. I think, no, I think it's more okay. that mentality. Historically, it was quite rare to see red flags and it means like a really bad accident's happened and, you know, generally there's going to okay, be an ambulance on track or something I take it like back. that. I am not, I'm not an evil human. <laughs> I don't love red flags. I'm not like, he has to crash. Okay, that's not me. Yeah. Just to be clear. Sure, sure, sure. So. Uh, but also it could, these days we see them for slightly less serious things, but if there's like been a big impact with the wall and they need to like repair the wall on the side of the track or repair a part of the track, um, they need to get the cars to stop circulating. So the red flag means that 
I, I just realized I didn't actually explain what a red flag means. It means that the race is going to be stopped or suspended and all the cars need to come back into pit lane and they stop there and the teams can come and, um, and work on the cars. The drivers get out, that kind of thing, um, while whatever needs to happen on track happens. And additionally, the flags are also in the other sessions too. That's true. the red flag. It can stop a practice or a qualifying session. That's a good point. It's actually rare that you see a double yellow flag in a practice session or a qualifying session. Usually if there's something serious enough to warrant that, they'll just say, you know what, we'll just stop the session and we'll drop a red flag. Well, then the time clocks. Then the time clock. <laughs> the, the clock stops, right? That's right. That's that right. That Rolex yeah. clock stops, yes. And there's no real impact on the session. Uh, whereas with, with an actual race, having a, a red flag can have quite a significant impact. So that's why they'll use a safety car and a double wave yellow if possible um other flags there's the black right. flag uh which means the driver is being disqualified i don't think you really see that one too often um there's what we call the meatball flag Meat, meatball flag there's the meatball flag it's a black flag with an orange circle in it and that that tells a driver oh, I love it, love it. yeah it tells a driver that their car's quite is, is damaged or there's a mechanical problem with it oh, um, and it means okay. they've got to come so into the pits yeah. yeah they've got to come yeah. into the pits yeah. pretty okay. quickly um there's a black and white. It's not like you win a meatball sandwich or something. <laughs> Sadly not. No, no, nothing like that. No. There's a black and white flag. If you imagine like a diagonal line through the middle of the flag, one triangle is black, one triangle is white. Um, that's an unsportsmanlike behavior flag. I don't really think we see that too often anymore. They just kind of issue it through the radios these days. Um, and of course, then yeah. there is another black and white flag, the most important flag. Ooh. The yes, chicken yes, flag. The most exciting one. That's it. That's the, my favorite, actually. Yeah, that's my favorite. The race is finished and it's shown to the driver who's won the race. I think those are the main flags to, to know. Nice, nice. All right. Everyone's all flagged up. <laughs> now, what about safety cars? So we mentioned now, that. Before we move on, Gom, you want to tell me a few things about red flags? Because uh, I know you know a lot about <laughs> those. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? This isn't in the script. Oh, my gosh. All right, so the next thing is safety cars. So basically, uh, yes. I see this, I see like this cool, cool, like normal road mm. road vehicle, um, yep, yep. but it's driving around the track. It's driving That's like right. a hoot, like really fast. <laughs> and then even yeah, in like skids. the heavy rain, this car is mm. going way faster than uh, I would think <laughs> is very safe for a safety car. So what, what <laughs> yeah, is this yeah. car? And sometimes it's so, virtual, like what is this? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a safety car happens whenever there's an incident on the track. Usually, you know, there's debris or something on the racetrack that needs to be cleared away. As we mentioned, it's not really used during practice and qualifying. Sometimes it's which... like a uh, a badger or a um that's right that's right yeah yeah um but it'll it'll be used during the race right um and what happens is the safety car as you mentioned it's a road going car usually very high performance it'll come out of the pits and it will come out in front of the race leader and the race leader is not allowed to overtake the safety car in fact there's no overtaking allowed at all when the safety car is out um the leader will the leader will come in uh and settle in behind the safety car not overtaking it the car behind them will then queue up behind them and essentially they'll they'll form a queue of cars driving around the racetrack at um by formula one standards quite slow speeds but by road car standards as you mentioned 
still pretty fast. And the point of that is to give the the safety marshals and the, the people at the track an opportunity to clean up whatever mess has been caused by a, a crash or, or something like that. But something to keep in mind with the safety car is that it can really have a huge impact on the outcomes of the race and people's strategies and things like that. So in the past, yeah, Formula One has yeah, tried to avoid true. using it. But really these days, in the name of safety, it is something that um, if there's a big enough crash or a big enough in the name of safety. hazard... or a big enough hazard on the track they'll deploy the safety car now more recently they've invented a thing called the virtual safety car Um, and the point of the virtual safety car is again to slow the cars down on the racetrack uh, but hopefully have less of an impact on the race result Um, and the way it works is essentially when the vsc is deployed there's no car that comes out or anything but all the drivers have to slow down to a certain speed. And on their dashboards, it tells them sort of how quickly they can reach particular invisible lines on the racetrack. Um, and so that kind of governs how slowly they, ha- they have to drive. Wait, and so the- why does that impact the race less? Very good question. Oh, I'm and I think something. Yeah. <laughs> well, in in a safe <laughs> nice <laughs> thanks. With a real with a real safety car, as we mentioned, the cars all catch up to each other and they form a queue behind the safety car. If you're leading the race by 20 seconds, and that's part of your strategy because you've used your tires early in the race to to make that big gap. Right, right. And someone okay. else has a crash or something. The safety car comes out. You lose your entire advantage that uh, you fought so hard. Right, right. So it can really turn your strategy upside down. With a virtual safety car, everyone has to slow down sort of instantly. And the theory is that it it means that the gaps between cars don't get smaller or larger. In practice, some of the drivers are are better at working their way between those two lines and you do see a bit of a change. Uh, But it's certainly not as significant as with a safety car where, you know, you could be you could be like 30, 40, you know, almost a lap in front of the car behind you when the safety car comes out that gap is going to diminish into nothing. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. All right. Okay, so with the world of tyres, like in F1, there is so many. There's like, there's every colour you can think of. Um, there's there for every weather condition. Um, yeah. They all have like C, C names and... They're all by Pirelli, this Italian manufacturer. Yeah. I think we should talk about tyres in a totally different episode because there's a lot to talk about tyres. Oh, my God. I have all <laughs> this, like, script ready and jokes ready and you're saying... Yeah, you're going to have to save it for another episode. <laughs> uh, uh, but I guess right. suffice to say, as you mentioned, there are three different types of tyres that the drivers yeah, can me, use during the, the race weekend. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. the hard, yeah. medium, soft, the harder the compound... Generally, the slower the peak performance is, but the better the life of the tire. So you can go more laps using them. Whereas the softer tires have a higher peak performance, but they don't last as long. And you mentioned that you want to change tires during the race. And that's actually because of a rule. Um, A lot of people think that there's a rule stating that every driver has to do at least one pit stop during the race. And that's not quite accurate. The rule is actually that they need to use at least two different tire compounds during the race which means right. it implies right. that they need to do a pit stop because, uh, yeah. It's getting so technical here. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. There is a little caveat to that, and that is if the race is declared wet at any point, and in that case, that rule goes out the window and you can you can use this one set of tyres for the whole race. Rarely, rarely happens, though. Right, right. Okay, so hard, medium, soft. Um, it's not like Goldilocks and Three Bears where <laughs> the medium is just right all the time. Oh, uh, sometimes it, it is. But... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. It depends on the 
the track conditions, your strategy, everything in terms yeah. of long wearing or like softer but smoother and faster. That's right. And I mean, different cars will work different right, ways we, with we've tires, covered, we've covered different what drivers. We, need to know. we don't all need right. to do a whole episode on this, all right? Like, no, I love tires. We're definitely, uh, talk, we're definitely doing an episode <laughs> on tires. Okay. All right. Let's all look forward to that. Um, <laughs> so F1 cars don't actually have brake lights. I only learned that like last week. <laughs> That's and right. Yeah, you didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, you Martin assume. Brundle explained it. I mean, he's he's the master. And I was like, what? I thought because whenever they go around a corner, I feel like the brake lights come on, and I'm like, oh mm. yeah, that makes sense. Like you mm. know, they're uh, braking. Nope, that's not what's happening. So Formula One cars used to have just one light on the back, and they would be activated when it was wet weather conditions during the rain. So we used to call them rain lights, um, but more recently they've taken on a bit more purpose and there's those two extra lights on the rear wing as well. And essentially those lights flashing mean that the driver is harvesting energy. So Formula One cars are hybrid cars. They've got internal combustion en- engines, but also electric motors as well. A part of that whole hybrid system is that the electrical motors or generators actually harvest energy store them in a battery so they can be deployed later and that's all the flashing lights mean it means that the driver is harvesting energy so it means that the car might sort of decelerate a little bit earlier going into corners it might decelerate a little bit more how do you harvest this energy it sounds fascinating so the cars harvest energy when they break and when they decelerate mostly oh my god so here's the thing right the okay okay let's this this looks this sounds like a, a physics lesson that i will write down for future episodes but that sounds fascinating. How does a car, how does a car harvest energy when it slows down? That that's mind blowing. I mean, go outside and look at the, your neighbor's Prius. It does the same thing. It's not it's not particularly groundbreaking technology in terms of Toyota road cars have been doing them since the nineties. Hey, what but, do you uh, what do you have against Prius and Hondas? No. I love Priuses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Formula One cars really take hybrid systems to a whole another level. So let's do a whole episode on on how those power units work. All right, all right. In our list of uh, 150 episodes that we haven't covered yet. Um, now, this one is, this one's a cool one. Um, DRS. Does it sound for like decision review system? Um, no, it's not cricket. Um, what's it called in tennis? But is it any of those things? It's none of those things. Because I, I just, I just see, I just see a little banner up Banner? You see, yeah, I think I think batter is right. A little a little message come up on your screen saying that DRS is enabled during the race. Uh, in Formula One, DRS it, stands is it for like nitrogen, like nitrogen of Fast and Furious. You know the like, nitrous oxide. Um, yes, that's it. Sorry, not not no, nitrogen. <laughs> right, is it like is it like nitrous oxide <clears throat> in Fast and Furious? And then you say. Gosh. <laughs> it's um, like a little boost you know you get like a little you push a button and yeah, then you, you just go what? faster like, it's an interesting yeah. analogy it, it is and and it isn't um so drs in formula one stands for drag reduction system now when you looked at a formula one car you'll see they have all these aerodynamic bits and pieces on their bodies and most of those things are about helping the cars go around corners really fast and we'll talk about that in another episode for sure because it's a really important thing about formula one cars But when the cars are going in a straight line, they don't want to have all those things causing air resistance or drag. If they could, they'd just shed all those things in a straight line and be nice and slippery so they can cut through the air. The drag reduction system, the driver presses a button on their steering wheel and it changes the angle of one of the aerodynamic parts on the car. And it means that the car experiences less drag. Um, 
Now, the driver can't press that button all the time. Uh, now, they definitely wouldn't want to press it when they're in a corner because they want that aerodynamic device working properly to create grip for them. But there are particular parts on the racetrack called DRS zones that Formula One have marked out. And when the driver passes through that zone, they get a little beep in their helmet that tells them they're allowed to use DRS. And they press the button on their steering wheel and the DRS is activated. The car experiences less drag and they can go faster in a straight line. Now, during practice and qualifying, the drivers can use DRS every time they pass through a DRS zone. But during the race, they're only allowed to do it A, when they're passing through the DRS zone, B, when they're also deemed to be within one second of the car that's in front of them, and C, when DRS has been enabled in the race. So DRS is generally not enabled in the first two laps of the race. Um, If the race is wet, um, DRS is not enabled. And D, when they remember to press the button, and E, when the button actually works. <laughs> yes, good points. Yeah, sometimes those things don't That's happen. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if... Has any driver ever forgotten to press the button? I was going to ask that. Like, what if they forget to press it? I don't know. They're pretty and switched on And do you have to press drivers. it, like, any time? <laughs> such, such respect. Um, can they press it on any time in the zone or...? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like something Whenever that could time. be automated. <laughs> um, it could, but, you know, we want the drivers to actually... We wanted them to multitask. But, um, yeah, that's what DRS is. It's, it's there to help drivers overtake during the race. So that's why it applies to a driver that's behind another car within one second. They can use that DRS and it gives them that extra straight line speed to try and affect an overtake. All right. So the last thing we probably want to cover is penalties. Ah, uh, yes. Penalties. <laughs> there are so many penalties. Um, they do change the race results. Um, mm. There's penalties you know, after qualifying, there's penalties mm. during the race, there's penalties after the race. Um, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And there's yeah. these higher body of people that are just, you know, uh, telling them how to behave. Basically. You mean the, the race stewards? Yeah, they're like the umpires or the referees <laughs> of, of Formula One. Um, yeah, look, penalties are like super complicated. There's a lot that we could talk about, but I think we should just what? probably talk about Sounds the ones so that matter. No, yeah, let's just talk about the ones that like you're, you're most likely to see. Um, so if you're, if you're racing out there and you cause a crash, the stewards will look at it and say, look, that was not just a racing incident. It's not just something that happens when two drivers are racing hard. Someone probably made a bit of a mistake there and caused the crash. They'll get a penalty. Now, the most common penalty we'll see is the five-second penalty, which means that the next time the driver comes into the pits, they stop the car and they have to wait five seconds without anyone touching their car. And five seconds is a very, very, very long time. <laughs> it is a long, long time. It is, yeah. Because your opponents are doing two, three hundred kilometers an hour the whole time. If it's a bit of a worse offense, if you've done like a, if you've done something a bit silly, um, that Don't might you? be, yeah, that'll be a 10 second penalty. So you come into the pits, you wait there for 10 seconds before anyone can touch your car, put your tires on it, send you back out. Okay, so the next time someone comes in, they serve that penalty out. Next yep. time they come for a pit stop, they serve yep. the penalty out. What if they don't come for another pit stop? What happens there? What if good it's question. like towards the end of the race? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good question. And I thought so. I'm proud of <laughs> <laughs> um, What happens then is that the time is added to their race time. So say the race took them one hour, 20 minutes and 40 seconds to do, and they earned a five-second penalty that they were not able to take at the pit stops. Then their race time will be changed to one hour, 20 minutes, and 45 seconds. 
And what that means is if they finish, if they cross the finish line and the driver behind them cross the finish line two seconds behind them, and then they take that five second penalty, they're going to fall behind that driver. Right, right. Okay. So they drop five seconds down. That's right. So the net effect is really the same. Okay. What have been some really funny penalties on the past? I can think of funny. one from uh, last year that was pretty funny. Okay. Um, okay. What? So, <laughs> so Max Verstappen. Mm. He uh, he touched a Mercedes car. He right. like really gave it a little bit of a shake <laughs> and like looked through the rear, yeah, the yeah. rear of the car. I'm talking yep. about. Don't don't put your mind there. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and you're not allowed to touch any mm. other car that's not your team's. Um, and this was his biggest rival's car, Lewis's car. And so he got a little bit of a fine. I think was it fifty thousand euros and yeah. We're getting into those like more complicated penalties here. There are lots of rules like when cars can be touched or modified and when they can't be during a race weekend and things like that. Um, there's also if you don't be- if you don't turn up to um, the media pen if you don't do the press. Yep, there's penalties there. Yep. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. the penalties will be fines for the drivers or for the teams. Uh, other times there'll be penalties if they're more related to things that happen on the racetrack. They might get grid penalties. Um, so if you do something naughty on one race, you might get a grid penalty for the, the next race. Other times you get grid which, penalties. Which means you um, start at a lower position. That's right, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, other other grid penalties, other reasons for grid penalties might be if a driver takes on a new uh, car part that they're not allowed to. So we talk about those rules another time. But there's limited amounts of engines and turbochargers and things that they can use during the year. If they take on more than that, then they'll get a grid penalty. So there are 10 place grid penalties, like you said. So if you qualify first, then you're actually going to start the race 11th, or there are five place grid penalties, which will add five positions to your to your qualifying position. And even position. Uh, back of the grid penalties. No, that, I, no, I, there I think is. What there. I, I, so if you take like a, I don't know which part of the car it is because I'm not a, a mechanic, but yeah. if you take something like really big, then you're starting at the back of the grid. I think. And then I, I think what actually happens the, is it's it's ten it's ten places for say a turbocharger beyond your limited amount. Then it's also ten places for say a battery more than you're allowed to use. So if you take on a new turbocharger and a new battery, that's twenty places. So that they actually add up, oh and that's why drivers. That's what? why the commentators kind of say back of the grid penalties. Okay. Well, I learned a lot this episode more than I expected coming into this because I was like, <laughs> I know the basics. But if listeners have any more things they'd like to know, you can DM us um, and Dasun will write back. Uh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so our handle, our handle on Instagram is F101 underscore podcast. So DM us there for any questions that you yes. have. And stop asking for my OnlyFans. <laughs>